we'll just welcome everyone. I, uh, uh, if it's been a while since you're here or uh, if you're new to here, I just, or you come regularly, <laughs> I just welcome you all. And uh, I'm just, uh, just delighted to, um, to know that you want to come and collectively worship the Lord. And um, uh, I just want to acknowledge and I just pray uh, that, um, uh, Lord, you are the, the sole source there's no other except you through you, Jesus, to you, Father and Holy Spirit, that, that we have life. And so we ask uh, and we declare life over this place, this, over this church. Yes. We declare uh, that you're sovereign, you are our Lord, uh, and there is no one else except coming to the Father through Jesus. And we speak the love and the light and the spirit of Christ in this place. And Lord, um, I also say, Lord, um, I can get up here and speak with wise and persuasive words, but it's nothing without you. Let it be a demonstration, be anointing of your spirit. And we pray in Jesus' name. And we ask also, Father, that the eyes of your heart would be open to receive the revelation that you want to reveal today. So I'll make sure I get this thing right there. So um, for the last year, I've actually been um, thinking about religion ever since... Um, uh, the Jesus Revolution movie came out and uh, for six months I'd been studying revival and then I w went into contemplation and then it was a season I was reading specifically about religion through a book by a guy named Stephen Hill. Uh, Stephen wrote uh, a lot of, uh, was the ghostwriter for many of uh, Father Heart Ministries books by, by James Jordan and Denise Jordan. Um, and also reading from, from Ted Hansen that I really started to have on, lay on my heart about what really religion and true Christianity is. So I just want to uh, be able to share and acknowledge uh, Stephen Hill for what he, um, he has uh, deposited in me and a lot of the ideas that I'm sharing today come from Stephen. So uh, as a Christian, uh, there was times where I'd, I'd run into a, a non-Christian and they'd say, I, I don't want to be a Christian. I, I, don't want to be, I don't want to get involved in religion. And my response was, well, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Because I wanted to have some sort of defense in saying I'm not really religious. But the, 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 the truth of the matter is, I don't think I really understood what religion is. And you could, go, you could go to the trendiest uh, church with the greatest songs. You may even not go to church on a Sunday. You may, um, you may go to the bar. You may um, uh, decide to go see the wrong movies. All these things. Uh, and just think, well, I'm not religious. But that doesn't really make mean that you're not. <laughs> Because when you really define, understand what religion is, it, it's a matter of knowing two things. 
is who is my source and who is the initiator? Is it God or is it man? Those are the things that you really have to understand. So, and I, I've been to some conferences that are just awesome. I've been down to Bethel Church in Redding, California. Uh, in how many times was it? It's been four times that I went there. And it's just the most awesome place. I've been to see Heidi Baker in Kelowna. And you get this. And even been to Father Hart conferences, Father Hart speakers. And you get this awesome feeling only to find that it diminishes over time. And it, I often wondered if God really um, was really there for me and really cared about me. And so, <clears throat> and so really, I wanted to talk to you. I'm getting lost here in my... To talk about what religion is. And really, it comes down to you don't even need to a relationship with God to actually be in religion. Religion is where you and I make an effort to know God and please him without any prior knowledge of his love and his acceptance of us. Can you advance the slide one there? Did I turn this on? Oh. But Christi, true Christianity comes from the, fa the Father. He is the source. But it's acknowledging that he is the source because we live <coughs> in this fallen world that there is the illusion of separation from our creator. And we do try to find our way back to him and we find in our own effort to try and make, uh, find who he really is. But it begins in his heart and it flows from his heart to us. But it's about opening our hearts up to receive the experience of his spirit and to know the love that really surpasses all understanding, all knowledge. Oops. Thanks. Could you advance just a couple there? Uh, next one. For even, uh, even Jesus said his source was the Father. There is not anything that he did, anything that he said, or any way that he acted that wasn't from the Father. He was the prime source. Jesus said in John 5, 19, it says, Jesus gave them the answer. Very truly, I, I say, tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does also. So we see everything comes from the Father, our source, is the Father. So we can advance to the next one there. So where religion and uh, Christianity 
have something in common that it operates in the gap between humanity and God. And all religions seek to connect humanity and God. So if we re arena on to the next slide there. So we can see that. And advancing on to the next one there, Marina. <coughs> so the, <coughs> the main difference, I'm going to get some water here. The main difference between is that uh, religion and true Christianity move in different directions. And can you really guess which directions come from where? If there's man and there's God, what does true Christianity look like versus religion? You can move ahead there. Well, with humanity, with religion, it's man's own effort in his own way to reach to God. But with true Christianity, it's God that moves down to us. We are his children. We are the bride of Christ. It's love that has, that's within him. And love can do nothing else but give out. It comes from an initiative of love that it comes. And so Christianity is the downward movement which begins in God and flows, flows downward. And it comes from the heart of the Father, from him to us. On with the next one. Religion is the upward movement. It's the upward movement in one direction. It starts from humanity and reaches up through human self-effort attempting to reach God. You know, back in, uh, uh, in the ancient days, we read about the high places and the high places where they'd go up to worship on mountains, they'd worship Moloch or anything like that. But they believed that if they went up to the high place, they would be closer to God. It was in their own minds that they believed through their own effort that they could actually reach and, and connect with God. But we have a different revelation now. We have a different revelation that it's his love, a love for his children that he wants to connect with us. And he is initiating it. All that we have to do is open up our hearts to come into that revelation of that, to the experience of that, to allow that, that spirit to flow, to receive, who, to receive him and to experience that we are really his children. And he is our father who desperately wants to know that you really know who he is. And on to the next one, Marina. Religion really requires that we strive out of our own efforts. In fact, you don't even have to have a relationship with God 
if you're in religion. But sooner or later, you're going to burn out. If you're, if you're a Christian and you, and you are not experiencing him, then you're experiencing religion. Because uh, there's a quote that I remember years ago from James Jordan was, if your Christianity is not working for you, then you're not experiencing Christianity. And so the other question is, where does the initiative come from then? What is the goal to which we are moving? And on the next one there, Marino. In Acts uh, chapter 17, Paul is in uh, Athens. And some of you may know, be familiar with the verse. He's there. He's, um, uh, he's out there preaching to the, the people of Athens, the important people. And, uh, and, and Paul notices something in, in, as we read here. And the Athenians are saying, what does this babbler have to say? Because he's talking about Jesus this, uh, and the resurrection. And he seems to be preaching a foreign divinity because he's preaching Jesus and the resurrection. On to the next one there. But Paul says, so Paul's standing in the midst of uh, Erica Pat, uh, how do we say that? Thanks. Well, um, said, men of Athens, I perceive that, that in every way you're very religious. For as I pass along and observe the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Where therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples by, are made by man. So it's man-initiated that the Athenians were worshipping their gods. Nor is he served by the human hands as though he needed anything since himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. So we see the source that, that uh, Paul is describing who Jesus is. He's the source. He gives life and breath to everyone and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined the allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards and find him yet is actually not far from each one of you and that's the deception that uh, the world lives in where seek him We'll seek him in many different ways. We'll even invent new religions to, to, to fill that gap. And, and the enemy has, has no problem in helping you along with that. He might even give you a spiritual experience. But there's only one true God, and that is Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit. One God, one Spirit, the three in one. So Paul says they were religious because they were caught up in the upward movement of seeking an unknown God. They were caught up into the futility of a movement to find God through their own searching. But their eyes were closed to really understand 
that God was actually near. When God is revealed, he's not far from each one of us. You know, in, in this whole exploration of what religion is, I had to discover something, that there is actually religion in me. Occasionally I might step out of it, but I step into it because I have the, I've had this anxiety that he's left me, he's, he's gone somewhere else. But one of the things I like about the contemplative is that you discover that he's within you, it's in your spirit, it's the mind and the soul that gets in the way. I was back in 2019, I was in Creston, I'd just come back from the Father Heart uh, International Conference and uh, I'd been struggling for some time with uh, a spiritual oppression. I told the story about how I'd prayed for Barack and got this backlash. Barack was involved in shamanism. But as I was watching Brian Cox, Brian Cox is, uh, is a professor. He has a BBC, a BBC show. Brian talked about how in the life of a star, certain elements of life are born. So stars are these factories that through fusion and the whole uh, physical, uh, the whole process of a star's life, oxygen will be created, carbon will be created, uh, high, uh, nitrogen will be created. So all of a sudden I started to get, this thought came into my mind that it's impossible to be separated from God because every element that's created in the world that I created of comes from him. He initiated uh, the whole process of, of building stars and all of a sudden I felt the oppression leave because I'd become un into the illusion of that I'm separated. The anxiety went away and two slides on from, from here, Marina. I was also reading another book at the time called The Great Dance. And The Great Dance is about the the Holy Spirit. Uh, well, it's about the Trinity, actually. It's probably the best book you can possibly read that I've read, I can say, on the Trinity. It's a very short book, and Baxter Krug is a really good writer, and uh, Michael uh, Presley's here, and he would probably attest to, to that book being one of the most influential books that he's read. And one of the most influential books for me also. But it talks about how you're included. We're included into the Trinity. And uh, it's impossible to be not connected to him. On what's the next one? I was talking to my friend Mark, uh, who we saw back here in last October. So I asked him, I asked him uh, if he'd give us a quote on, on religion. And uh, he sent me this. Um, out of our own efforts, of course, that's religion. We're trying to attain God. Religion says if I'm not connecting to him, uh, I just have to try harder. I have to do more. I have to pray more. I have to, I have to do this. I have to do that. But not coming to understanding of his love for us and his connection with us. So we don't need striving to find him by our own efforts. Instead, we have to open it. We have to pray that the Holy Spirit would open the eyes of our hearts. As soon as you say, 
yes to Jesus. As soon as you say you come into a, a um, accepting the resurrection, that's the beginning of opening your hearts to Him. That's the eyes of our hearts are open to Him. I remember even even for myself in 2007 um, on my 25th wedding anniversary, I I just came back from uh, from France and. Uh, I had this dream, and in the dream it says, I said, I submit to you, Jesus. And I had no prior thought to this in any way. And all of a sudden, as I'm waking in a half, uh, half experience of this, and I've shared this before, I felt his spirit come in. And it was just me having my eyes of a heart. I don't know even I, if I did that myself. I believe it was the sovereignty of God opening my own the eyes of our heart to receive him. That's all we have to do is say yes and amen. On to the next one there. So Christianity begins with the eyes of our heart to see a God who is already there. And Ephesians 1.7 says, we, uh, and we'll be studying Ephesians in the men's Bible study, uh, that Paul prays for the spirit of revelation of wisdom, that the eyes of our heart be open to the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So when we accept Jesus, that's the first step. On to the next one. So where is the source? Where is the life, the source from which our connection from God is generated? Well, it comes from the relationship with Jesus and the Father. And the Jesus and the Father, there is such a love that's generated in that that it actually creates the third person in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. You see, love has to have an object to love. Love cannot be self. It's selfless. It has to give. And so when we describe what our source is, it's coming from the love connection between Jesus and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And there's three in one. It's the triune God. And in 2 Corinthians, uh, we have an idea about where that source is. In 5.18, it says, All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. It's reconciling us back to God, but it's him who does it. All this is from God. Next slide. Psalm 68, uh, 35 says, Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. Notice it doesn't say it's from us that we get our strength and power from. The source is from God. In Isaiah 40, 29 to 31 says, He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no, no might, he increases strength. Even use you shall faint 
and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with their wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary they shall uh, they shall walk and not be faint our source is solely from the Father You know, uh, in, um, in John uh, chapter 14, we hear at the final words of, of Jesus as he's ready to, to leave this earth. He says, if you love me and keep my commandments, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees it neither sees him or knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and we will be be with you I will not leave you as orphans I will come to you it's not like we have to go to him he is coming to us and uh, these words Jesus spoke but remember, Jesus never spoke a word and never said anything that unless it came from the Father. So these words were from the Father. In religion, we are the source and the initiators. Next slide. True Christianity is found in the heart of God and his life and his heavenly reality. And next slide there. You know, one of the things that uh, has been hitting home to me uh, just recently um, is about uh, listening to Ted Hansen and discussions with Annalisa and I is uh, that surprisingly not Christianity is not a belief system. I was walking through... Um, through the cemetery last Sunday and uh, there's one particular gravestone on the back of it says Jesus is the way the truth and the life and on the front of it was this name of this guy named the Reverend Hume uh, Hume H-U-L-M-E and surprisingly many years ago I had an encounter him 20 plus years ago and I remember meeting him because I was a dental hygienist. I would make home visits uh, to uh, special needs adults. And this person was a caregiver of special needs adults. And in discussion, he said to me, I, uh, he said to me, I want to know what your relationship is like. And it's all about relationship. But it's initiated by God and our hearts just have to be open to it. And so we may have beliefs coming um, because we now have a, an encounter with the Father but it's because we have an encounter that we have a belief system we have a word that just reinforces that and I'm not saying we don't of course we do um, but I remember um, I was last year studying 
a lot about revivals, watching documentaries. And in the UK, they were talking about how there were Baptists and there were all sorts of other different religions. And, and a revival hit the UK uh, back in the early part of, this, of uh, the 20th century. And uh, a lot of them had these belief systems when they were hit with the Holy Spirit. Didn't know what to do. When the revival ended, what to do? Because they were now, they were now faced with, I don't believe that, but where do I, what do I do now? What do I do? But, so it's not a theology in any way. And in fact, theology exists where we might have a revelation of God over here and a revelation of God over here and we as men and women fill in the gaps and invent some whole other belief system. On to the next slide. True Christianity is the relationship with our God and our Creator. His spirit connects to our spirit and it's initiated by Him. And I believe, uh, and I pray for this church that we come into more of a revelation of that, that we can let go of the striving, we can let go of the anxiety that we're not connecting to him. Next slide there. The old covenant was the result of Adam and Eve choosing the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when they ate, that tree they broke their trust in God and they rejected a willingness to respond to his voice and were not able to be honorable towards him they forsook they forsook their dependency upon him and embraced a dependency upon knowledge so in our knowledge in our own strength ourselves as initiators we thought we could initiate a relationship with God. Next slide. And when God um, sent Jesus, he didn't have Christianity in mind. He made, a, uh, he made a way for Christ to be a humanity. Christianity alone could be a belief system or a cultural religion. And that's from Ted Hansen, who spoke many times in this house and in the, and the Kootenays. Next slide. And we mentioned before that living, uh, religious Christianity is living out of the power of our minds, will, and emotion. And Paul discovered this because, you know, he talks about in Philippians how he, uh, you know, he was, he was the, the best of best of uh, the Jews. Uh, he was flawless in, in uh, following the law but he gave it all away for the awesome encounter of knowing who Jesus was. And the whole point of the death of Jesus was to bring us into the life of the Trinity that he already lived. Next one. And we see in, uh, in Philippians, Paul before the Damascus Road, for we are the true circumcision who worship God in spirit and glory in Christ and put no confidence in the flesh. 
Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if another man thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews. As to the law of the Pharisees, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever I had gained, I had counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as refuge in order that I may engage Christ and be found in him. And I'm wondering if any of you have actually had to, to lose some things in order to gain Christ. I have, I've lost relationships. I've even lost uh, relationships with family. Many of them judge me as some religious um, kook to an addict. But the reality is when you have an encounter with the Father and his love, there's nothing else that you want. You're willing, you're willing to count the cost. On to the next slide. So in Genesis 1.1, it talks about in the beginning. And we all know there are various um, uh, stories from different cultures about the beginnings of, of the world. But what makes uh, Christianity unique is it provides an answer to who God is. And uh, there is no mystery around it. And uh, what's he like? What motivates him? The very DNA of God uh, is, is quite awesome. Next slide, please, Marina. So what is the DNA of God? Well, we can read about it in, uh, in John 4, 24. God is spirit. In 1 John 1, 5, God is light. And God is love. In 1 John 4, 8. And uh, if you can go on to the next slide. Uh, I have, I've been reading this book uh, by John Burke. It's called uh, uh, Imagine the God of Heaven. And sort of once I get onto a topic, I kind of, um, I really go after it and I really uh, read about it. But it's an, it's an awesome book. It's about, uh, it's about a guy named John Burke who over 30 years studied a thousand near-death experiences. Some of the people were actually uh, dead for hours, but miraculously came back into their body. But one of the things about them we can actually discover is that uh, they were able to give us an account of their experience of who God is. And each one of them encountered and confirmed the things that we read about in the Bible. And so um, if you are grieving, if you had lost a loved one and you wondered where they are, they're okay. They're okay. That You don't have to worry. You can rest and have peace because they're living in the perfect love, the perfect light, and the perfect uh, embrace of his spirit. And so um, everything that's there 
is exactly who he is. Even in the light uh, that love exudes from, there's a light that doesn't blind. It's so bright, yet it doesn't blind you. And everything exudes light, whether it be the flowers or the trees. It's so different because it's just exuding light and it's exuding love. Uh, wouldn't that just be awesome to be in that place? On to the next slide. Now, I mentioned how before, love has to have an object to express itself. For me, if I love my wife, I'm not expressing that lie of love to myself. I have to express it to my wife. Love has to do that. It's, uh, love is always looking for a place to give away itself. It's so uh, unself-motivated. Love has to love. It's not self-contained. Next slide. In the triune God, the fa Father is the source. The Son is the eternal manifestation. The Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and, uh, and the Son, so substantial that it creates a new person in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? And the love was so... Uh, substantial with, with him that he created us. So we can enter into the relationship that is with the Father and the Son. And C.S. Lewis, if you have a chance, you can get this book online uh, as a PDF. It's called Beyond Personality. And it says, a quote from here, God is love. But they are, and they're talking about people, but they don't seem to notice the word God is love and have no recall meaning unless God contains at least two persons. Love is something that one person has for another person. If God was a single person, then before the world was made, he was not love. And he talks about uh, Christians. And perhaps something quite different from what Christians mean by the statement God is love is they believe that the living dynamic activity of love has been going on in God forever and has created everything else. And perhaps the most important difference between Christianity and all other religions is that Christianity, in Christianity, God is a is dynamic, a static thing. Not even a person, but a dynamic, pulsating activity life. Almost a kind of drama. It, it, has, to, it has to keep moving. It's, it's moving all the time to express its love. It's, it's, it's pouring out, but in pouring out, it fills up again. Moving on to the next one. The unit of the Father and the Son is such a live, concrete thing that the union itself is also a person. And what grows out of the joint life of the father and son is a real person. In fact, it's the third person of three persons who are God. Maybe that's a little revolutionary for some. And, back, and I've mentioned Baxter Kruger's book is a good one to read about this. Uh, how we enter, we have the opportunity to, we're entering into the, into the Trinity. We're stepping into that relationship. So where to? 
why speak about this? Why, why even mention it? Because uh, what does this mean for you or me? It's because I can give up striving, I can give up the anxiety. I just have to ask him to open the eyes of my heart to receive. And that we put him as number one, as the source of this church. Everything we do, everything we say, every way that we relate to each other comes out of, from him as the source. Everything that we do in our lives, in our personal lives, outside of the church, it comes from his source. And so I just, uh, I just wanted to speak that out today. Uh, there's more I could say about, uh, about religion, uh, but we'll leave that for next week because I've spoken long enough. Um, I just wanted to, uh, to pray uh, uh, to close up. Um. Okay. Check, check. So, Father, um, I just pray right now. Um, That you would inspire us to um, to connect with you, to desire to desire you. All we have to do is desire. We don't have to strive in it, but open our hearts uh, to to you. And Lord, whatever was implanted in um, in us today, I just pray that it would not be lost. That you would just you've planted seeds that would grow and um, and just come into uh, full fruition. Um, Yeah, we just, it's all about you. And we just declare uh, it's all about you. That's all I have to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Nothing too profound.